Welcome to Parenting Decoded, a podcast for practical approaches to parenting. I'm Mary Eschen. I'm so happy to be back recording my 50th podcast episode. It's been a fun and fulfilling journey to be with all of you, but today I'm asking two people who have greatly influenced my parenting to be my guests. I am blessed and honored to have on the show my sons, Michael and Joe, to share sort of our report card on my parenting over their years with me. It's a bit scary for me, but I'm anxious to hear what they have to say in hopes that you can learn how changing to a healthier parenting model, even if your kids are in their teen and tween years, is a great investment toward your future as a parent and as a family as a whole. I started my journey with love and logic parenting techniques about 12 years ago now, when my boys were 12 and 14. You're going to hear my interview with them from questions submitted by my Facebook parenting group called Parenting Decoded. Here we go. Hi, Michael and Joe. Why don't you each introduce yourselves? Michael. Hi, I'm Michael Eschen. I'm Mary's oldest son. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> Oh, I'm 26. And do you have a job? Oh, I'm a mechanical engineer, and I live in Seattle. Great. (laughs) All right, Joe, how about you? I'm Joe Eschen. I uh, am a software engineer uh, in Seattle, Washington, and I'm 24. Cool. As the audience can tell, I live in Silicon Valley, so I have remote children now. It's it's quite a privilege and, and fun. Um, okay, so here we're we're going to move on to the interview with these questions. The first question for you guys is, did you notice when your mom, me, started using love and logic parenting techniques on you? Did you notice? Mm, I I think we did notice because I think you kind of announced it. <laughs> like, I remember uh, energy drain. Oh, and we made lots of jokes about energy drains. Uh huh. It was like they were scary. You didn't want them. And then, and then sometimes we dish it back to you too. We'd be like, "Oh, energy drain," or whatever. (laughs) 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 So I, I think that, and like the natural consequences part of it. I feel like I remember all that, but I also think you just talked about it more because you were teaching it to other people. So we just like chatted about it. Yeah, I think you were really open with like us, kind of. Right out of the gate, you're like, I'm trying a new parenting style, and it's called Love and Logic, and here we go. And and I feel like from kind of from the get go, you were, you know, in communication with us about it, and you were trying to be open with us. And you know, it was a ride for all of us because we were the ones being parented. You were parenting, um, and we were kind of going through the journey together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was no secret that you were starting to do love and logic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, here's the next question, you guys. Do you feel like expectations were clear and that consequences were adequate or too severe? I think that expectations were set extremely well and, and consequences also were not too severe. And I I think that you did a good job of making sure i mean and that's part of like the natural like what michael just said a bit ago of like the natural consequences of love and logic and the natural consequences of being a human and like oh you forgot to do something well you don't get that anymore or whatever form and, and shape that takes in terms of consequences it's like it's a much more 
natural approach in terms of learning to be a responsible human and, and you know, forging your own path through life and, and making sure that we are raising kids who are responsible. So, mm-hmm. Okay. How about you, Michael? Any comments on that one? Yeah. I mean, I think that the expectations were, were clear, but I also think at the same time, like they were just self-explanatory. It was like, oh, if you didn't do your laundry, then you didn't have laundry. Or like, if you didn't make your lunch, I think was the best example of it. Then like, well, you didn't have lunch to eat. <laughs> That's a bummer for you. <laughs> or if bummer. you forgot to bring it to school, then you could call mom to bring it, but then you don't know what the energy drain is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> energy drain <And> roulette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were talking about it's like kind of a form of gambling in a way, but like not really. But you just didn't know what your consequence was going to be, but you just knew it wasn't great. You yeah. weren't like, oh, that's so mean. Like, I don't get my phone because I didn't bring my lunch or something. But it was like, now I got to go do, I don't know, some random task for you that you wanted us to do. Or you wanted someone to do and you didn't want to do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was like clean the gutters. Although that sounds oh. pretty severe. But Oh, yeah, Michael. Was... You were the clean the gutters. I In my in my podcast, you're the clean the gutters guy. <laughs> I, um, I don't remember actually cleaning the gutters. What? It's one of my best parenting stories. I'm glad. I'm glad it wasn't so so severe in your mind that it scarred you for life. That's great. Was it an energy drain, or was it my like my specialty chore that I had to do? Uh, it was a major energy drain. Oh, what was it for? <laughs> we'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, just think. Just think uh, the redheaded kid and you. <laughs> the redheaded kid. Clayton and I, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> we should get Clayton on here to defend himself in the 75th episode. <laughs> anyway, how about the next question? What did you learn most from me growing up in the way I parented you? You just learn <laughs> natural consequences. <laughs> and like, I guess you just learn to be responsible because if you're not, then it probably sucks. And if you decide you don't want to be responsible, then there's usually something as a result of that, but you know it's your fault. You're not like trying to blame someone else, I guess, for your own problems. I don't know. Just what did we yeah. have to say? I learned a lot about keeping a level head. Um, as, oh, a kid, right. as a kid, I, I was kind of deemed the uh, sensitive one in the family or the emotional one in the family. Uh, Does it, were would, you deemed or was it a fact? Ah, <laughs> uh, see, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> it lives on today, uh, for sure. But yeah, I think I think uh, one of the like a huge thing that I learned was like keeping a level head in, in all kinds of situations is super duper important to like help yourself think through it as well as you know make sure that you're hearing anybody else out that like is that you're interacting with or and leaving room for yourself to have space to like think. Um, you know, when we get like a hothead, you don't really think clearly and things like that. And I think that, um, you and dad both did a good job of like not getting hotheads and, and being calm in situations where like I might have been yelling, kicking and screaming, trying to get my way. And then you guys would, you know, you'd, you'd be like, I'm not going to engage with that. And it drove me mad. I, 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 as a kid, I was like, I could win. I can win if I can get them into a screaming match. But, um, you know, you guys did an excellent job of of not engaging, and I think I I learned from that significantly. This one I really want to know the answer to. Were you able to ever outsmart your mom and get away with anything? 
that you want to confess on the on air here? <laughs> My answer is yes, but I can't remember specific instances. Oh. I I also want to say we talked about this question too, and we were we were we were like what. Yeah, we were like, what, what did we like outsmart? It was like, we, we felt as though we were outsmarting it, I think. We couldn't come up with any like concrete answers as to like, mm, yes, we did this, this, and this, and this got us passed, and you guys should watch out for X, Y, and Z so that your kids don't uh. do it either. Um, I think that like maybe you just would forget about executing on an energy drain or something like that. Or like um, you would do our laundry for us on a one-off because like it was in the way or something. Or yeah, and I we would, felt like we had won in that. I had moment. a weak, I had a weak moment where I, I gave in to you. Yeah, you had a soft spot for us. Yeah, yeah you had a soft I spot. Do. It's I like you love loved us you. or something, you know. Yeah, I do love. But you're you teaching so everyone else the techniques that they need, and also, <laughs> I think that they worked really well. Yeah. I think though too, like there's, I mean, that being said though, there's something to be said for like having that soft spot. Like they are your kids at the end of the day, and like, you know. I think everybody loves spoiling the people that they love to some degree. And there's nothing wrong with occasionally splashing out and doing Um, I also think going back to the last question about like, what did you learn most from the Love With Logic? Is that I almost feel like I didn't learn anything because you just learn it all without realizing it. Ah, yeah. That's a great way to phrase that. Yeah. Like you don't realize that you're learning to be a more responsible adult. Because I let you be responsible. Yeah. I trusted you to be responsible. I think so. Yeah. You had us learn it on our own and in our own terms. You didn't have to like point to a book and say, here is where it states, be responsible. Or like, you didn't have us watch a video and be like, this is responsibility. It was like, make sure you bring your lunch every day because you might be hungry if you don't. <laughs> so, <Yeah. Okay. laughs> and I'm sure there are other things where like maybe you would have said, oh, do that. And then we would have been like, no. And then because we didn't want to do it or something. And maybe we didn't need to do it in the end. And now we got to learn that as opposed to just being annoyed with you for making us do it. I, I feel like balancing the checkbook is one that comes to mind. Oh, <laughs> it was yeah. like, you got to balance your checkbook. Like, literally, why do I have to balance this checkbook? Because if you want your money for yeah, the I, I, That's why I had to balance that's it. That's why. <laughs> it's like, but this in is real life, boundary. As an adult, I do not balance my checkbook, and I've never had a problem with it. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, how yeah. do you know if you're, you haven't had credit card fraud? Come on. <laughs> well, that's different than your checkbook. Yeah, yeah I, I can also say I have not balanced my checkbook ever. Yeah. After, after yeah. Uh, not being um, incentivized via... Uh, yeah, via cash. Via cash. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Well, There's a natural consequence of not getting cash for balancing your checkbook. <laughs> You're going to do it. You're going to run out soon. <laughs> yeah. And for my listeners, this is covered in my podcast that's about money and kids, um, is the example of how I gave money to my children to teach them budgeting lessons. And it worked really well. I Both of you got to college and could handle money in a really well in a really great manner. And I was always really proud of you guys for doing that. So those checkbook lessons, I know I know you didn't like them, but you did want your money each month. So you did it for for the consequence of not having it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we um, learned a lot too, because like I actually know how to write a check now. And like I've known that do, from a young yeah. age. And I've encountered people in my life today that like don't know how to write a check and they're like 25. And I'm like, yeah. huh. Like, so. well, there's always Venmo. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's all you have to do now. Yeah, yeah you exactly. don't need checks. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody, I don't even need them. So, you guys, the next question has to do with your sibling relationship. How did you learn to communicate 
and or accept each other's differences as brothers so that there would be less conflict in the household. And did mom have any influence over that? As I recall, you didn't always get along that well. For those who don't know, Michael and I used to not be the bestest, best of friends. Uh, we used to kick and scream and me, the emotional child I was. Uh, I used to yell at the top <laughs> of my lungs. Thank you for addressing it. Yeah. Of course, absolutely. I used to yell at the top of my lungs uh, saying like, oh, like, I hate you. Like, oh my gosh. And I can only imagine that my parents went to bed at night being like, what are we going to do about Joseph and Michael? Like, there's something, something's wrong. So uh, I, I guess to, to answer the question, I think like at a young age, obviously there were trying times. Um, and then I think there came a point in time where we started to enter different phases of life and we kind of like went down our own path and like I had my own friends. I also went to a different school. Michael had his own friends going to a different school and, um, we had our own hobbies. We had our own like extracurricular activities and we just kind of like coexisted for a while there. And then I think that like you guys did a good job facilitating us and like facilitating our hobbies and making sure that we were happy in what we were doing. And, you know, I really appreciate you guys for that. And I think once we got to high school was so like communication broke down as young kids, communication kind of stayed silent or minimal as like, you know, growing up. And then once we got to high school, Michael and I are two years apart. So when he was a senior in high school, I was a sophomore. And I think around that time we started to realize like we have some commonalities in like hobbies and what we like to do and we realized that we also have we'd like spending time together and um i think i realized like oh he's gonna go off to college like what does that mean like i won't get to see him as much like that's weird he's lived with me my whole life um and i think i started to like kind of kind of you know i guess like as a younger brother i was like man like my my older brother's going away like i want to be so the question the question, though, is, like, did I help facilitate something? I mean, I think I kind of agree with you. You matured, and you yeah, guys started <laughs> respecting each other, especially when it came to high school and then beyond. But um, I don't—you know, it's like I teach parents about, you know, how to deal with sibling conflict and stuff like that. And I wasn't that—I wasn't that informed when you guys were little. So I don't think I did as good a job, and by the time— you guys, I did move my parenting needle more to be um, more diplomatic and more like a consultant parent that you guys were already moving there to on your own. So I think um, so too. Yeah. Just I a think, very nice heartfelt story. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think also though, like um, a, a lot of your students that we have heard about, like we, we know that you've taught classes for people who are like 2 a.m. or 2 a.m. Excuse me, two years old. Um, four years old, five years old, six years old. And it's a completely different experience when you are trying to teach someone from the, that young of an age these ideas of responsibility and everything. And, and you can kind of jump in and steer a little harder or, or like you can you know, put like a little bit of wind in the sail and then that will end up changing the course of their trajectory a lot more than maybe already doing so when Michael and I, like I, I was in uh, middle school, I, I was 12, like you mentioned, I was in middle school when Michael was a freshman in high school and that's when all of this started. <laughs> and so, yeah, like I feel like, like you're saying, we were maturing, we were more grown up than, you know, a couple yeah. of 
your other. So audience. I don't get I don't get an A plus for best sibling rivalry part, but I have a lot of ideas for parents now. How about you the don't next? Get a, you don't get an F either, though. You did an excellent. <laughs> thank job. you, thank you. You did thank an you. excellent job. <laughs> How you about tell parents um, that have rival children? What do I tell them? Yeah, what do you tell them to do? It's in my it's in my podcast on si- ah, sibling shoot. rivalry, of course. I gotta listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <on rivalry>. yeah, <laughs> my sons will someday have children of their own and have to listen to them. Um, The next question, though, is do you feel confident and did I have an influence over how you're able to make your decisions and be confident about the decisions that you're making in your adult lives now? I am not sure that Love With Logic impacted how I feel with making decisions today. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe it does. But For those of you who can't see... Our mom is making a wide-eyed face at Michael's response currently. Continue, Michael. What is, I don't know what the wide-eyed face means, but <laughs> I do generally feel confident when I'm making decisions. And I think I generally feel confident about my, my bigger life decisions than my tiny ones, like, do I want to buy an iPad? But I I don't know. I guess, like, back to Love & Logic with the natural consequences of doing you how to make decisions. Like, you have the choice to make a decision of doing the responsible thing or not, and then dealing with the fallout of doing the irresponsible thing to make it up. I think, though, to chime in, like, it subconsciously influenced all of that. Like, it's not like a very direct, like, you sat, like, we sat down with mom and dad and they were like, here's how to make decisions. And, like, decisions 101. Um, It was a lot more like, 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 to answer the question, I'm very similar to Michael, where, like, I, I feel confident in large life things that I've made, like, deciding to move to Seattle or deciding I'm unhappy in my job, I want to get a different job. And I definitely think that that confidence came from some kind of training and feeling of responsibility through lots of repetition and and much, much smaller things. Like, do I want to get up earlier to pack my lunch today? And it sounds so small and not like something really negligible, but like, I think, I think also like, it it had it it's had it it had its own influence in the course of our lives. Similar to Michael, it probably wasn't the only thing. Like I think you and Dad are great moral models in terms of being confident in choices and making responsible choices. Yeah, I think I think like it it's kind of a a mix, you know. And in my podcast, I talk a lot about letting kids, which is what I definitely practice with you guys, letting you own your own stuff so that you get the confidence in your own ability to choose the right thing that's for you that day and your ability to learn that there's oftentimes multiple choice that either answer could be fine and you just have to know how to pick. And I think a lot of helicopter parents and drill sergeant parents out there today interrupt that natural growth cycle of parents trusting that their kids can learn to make their own decisions that you guys I gave you lots of decisions and and Joe you especially I am so thankful that I learned what I what I have learned because I was interrupting your cycle all the time when you were little interrupting and making sure that you had the right play dates and making sure that you had had your lunch at school and you know I'd run to school and bring you whatever you'd forget and I was like oh what did I just train you to do to not even think about what the consequences of your poor decisions were. And so in middle school, I was able to say, like, this is not helping Joe. And it really helped mature you in ways I feel that um, that have been really healthy for you because you have made some great 
decisions going forward when I stopped being a helicopter parent, <laughs> which I talk about in my podcast of like, I am a recovering helicopter parent, and thank God my <laughs> my children can benefit from that. Um, the next question, we're getting towards the end. Um, would you choose to raise your own children using techniques that are like love and logic techniques when you become parents? Especially like this question because of the the I don't even know is it an article it's, that you used it's it's the lack of the uh, the choice the it's the uh, the when you <laughs> when you a will have children <laughs> so that I can be a grandma please <laughs> all that learning to make decisions is just out the window here <laughs> yeah I mean I think I definitely use love and logic on on children if I have them there's just so many positives from it and I. Like, I, I don't know what your other options are, really. We're just so inundated with love and logic. Or not, I guess inundated <laughs> is a bad word, but like... I brainwashed we're just, you. Yeah, we're, love and logic is all we know about parenting techniques, given that, like, we don't have kids, so we haven't done any research on how to be a better parent. And it just seems really great. So, like, why would I go look for anything yeah. else? It, it's It's such a part of who we are. And, like, when I would hear about, like, other people's parents and, like how they would talk to them or like their dynamics or I would witness it if I'm on a play date at someone's house. I'm like, man, like, I don't know. That's just like, that's not my parents. And thinking back on it in the moment as a kid, you're not really paying attention. Um, but like thinking back on it for me, I'm like, I definitely want to, if I do have kids, raise kids with love and logic, because I think that it's a way to, you know, make responsible, sensible, you know, humans who, who can, carry themselves through life and, and also make big impacts on other people. So I think that's super important. Now that you two are adults, looking back on your child and teen years, what do you appreciate now that you didn't back then about your parents' parenting skills? As I said before, the level-headedness that you were carrying yourself with um, was something that, like, talk about grinding my gears as a kid or like absolutely let's just like i was like bursting with rage i was like oh my gosh like they the the choice that you made consciously to not engage um was something that in the moment i did not appreciate at all i i was unappreciative to the nth degree i, I, was, <laughs> I was so f furious um but looking back uh, it was the it was absolutely like the the best thing, and I, I think like as a parent, um, you know, empathizing from that perspective. I am not a parent right now, and I don't plan to be for quite but some will time. Will you be when Un you're a parent? Unclear. Yeah. <laughs> Unclear. I'm not. I'm not going to helicopter you for that. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah. So when or sorry, if if I'm a parent, like, I, and I'm trying to empathize here. Um, I can only imagine how difficult that is in that moment. Like you hear, you have a kid kicking and screaming, being upset at something that just happened that maybe you like, you know, you have said no, and this has caused said reaction. Um, and the choice to disengage is so difficult. I can only imagine. Um, but I feel like a lot of times it was a good choice or to engage and say, you're being unreasonable and, and like, you're yelling and screaming like this is not a conversation. This is not a way in which you talk to people. This is like, come back to me when you're ready. I'm happy to have this conversation, but not like this. So I think that that was just, yeah, that's a huge one for me. Cool. Ready for the I last question? Different... Oh, no, I didn't get Michael? to answer. Yeah, Go ahead. Michael I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I feel like that's a perspective on love with logic that I didn't have because I think I wasn't the one or I wasn't the type of kid. <laughs> Michael was a golden child. I was just pretty amazing. That's what I'm trying to say <laughs> here. Really, like wow. Yeah. I was so blessed. You were blessed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, I feel like I probably didn't appreciate at the time the whole natural consequence thing or not being able to say, hey, mom, I forgot my lunch. Can you bring it to me and have no consequence for that? But I think now that's probably really important for how I make lots of decisions, especially when you're balancing two things of like, well, if I do this and this will happen. Or if I do this, this will happen. Um just i guess it gives you the confidence to make decisions and like deal with those potential consequences or outcomes from them um because i got to practice it for so long on much more minor things that like didn't really matter yeah in the grand scheme of things (laughs) both of you are amazing decision makers i am so proud of you last question what was the most impactful thing i did as a parent with you guys michael you go first uh, I don't know. Did we talk about this one? I don't remember. <laughs> I think I think um, we did. I, I have an answer if you would like oh, okay. some time to ruminate. I mean, honestly, I feel like so many of these questions are like oh. a different way of phrasing, did you like Love with Logic? And <laughs> do you think you're great because of it? Which is totally fine. But And they're trying to get a different point of it. Um, yeah. But well, these people ask the questions independently. <laughs> I know. I know they did. Yeah. But like, I think my answer for most of them and this one as well is like the natural consequence aspect of the love with logic or parenting with, is it love and logic? Oh, it's love well, it's, and logic. It's just but parenting, parenting with logic. It's just good parenting. It isn't necessarily yeah. owned by love and logic. It was just a class that I happened to start teaching. So um, it's just like really not, good sound parenting to let I kids so. make decisions and own their consequences. And like at the time, I don't know. It could be annoying, but I think in in the grand scheme of it all, now that I'm an adult, it was it's all super helpful and impactful. Yeah, I think I think one of the things, or I, I think like the major thing. This one was hard for me to answer. For me, it's the the most impactful thing that I think um, you did was to make me feel supported and backed in everything that I did. And even if maybe it wasn't something that you necessarily agreed with, I think that I felt that you respect, like respectfully, was you were always there on my side, like on my side of the court. Um, and whether it be sports, whether it be, or I feel like sports is really applicable. So, in a lot, I played many, many sports growing up. I played soccer, baseball, basketball. You name it, I probably played it, except for hockey. I never tried hockey. Um, did you play but, lacrosse? No. Well, oh. a bit. At, at a camp, at a summer camp, I did. Oh. At a summer camp, I did. <laughs> but, but essentially, like the po- point being of like you guys were very, very supportive of, of anything that I was trying to do at any given point in time, and you made it so I, I had. We were very privileged to have resources to be able to go to camps and go to. Um, get coaching like private coaching potentially if i really liked it but you guys were also you you did research and and you asked your friends and parents about like hey what else can like what what other things are you doing if if our son wants to get better what how can we you know help in the best way that we can and and i think that it is a fine line to walk between like being a helicopter parent and being like extremely supportive 
Um, but I think that you guys did do a great job of being extremely supportive. I know you referenced yourself as a recovering helicopter parent, and though you are, I do think that you were still able to be supportive in in many moments, and I think that really impacted me and really carried me on in my life and how I want to like impact other people as well. Cool. Well, thank you, boys, for helping mom out tonight. And it's been a blast. And I love your enthusiasm and your support for what I do and taking your time out of your lives to help me on this podcast. Parents. Hey, mom, thanks. Thanks for being such an amazing parent. (laughs) Can we give you a report card? Mm -hmm. Sure. Can you give us a drum roll? Yeah, yeah, drum roll. I give A plus. A plus. Down the line. Plus, 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 plus. You name a field, A plus. You name another field, A plus. (laughs) They don't even have to know the name of the field, then it's an A plus. You guys are so sweet. Parents, I hope you've got some perspective from my silly boys on what the long-term impact on your kids can be if you invest in upping your parenting game now, no matter where you are in your journey, if your kids are young or older. You can have amazing relationships in the long run if you head towards being a consultant parent instead of a helicopter or dual sergeant or some combination of both. If you'd like help with any parenting issues, just email me, mary at parentingdecoded.com. Feel free to join my Facebook group. It's also called Parenting Decoded. Or if you'd like private coaching sessions, send me an email. I'd be happy to set something up on Zoom. I also have a YouTube channel, in case you don't know that. What a surprise. It's called Parenting Decoded, where all my lectures are, as well as a few other topics. That's all for now. Have a blessed rest of your day.